Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also get us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show, download it, listen live, whatever you want at that point. You can just search us and listen anytime you want when it's convenient for you. Uh, we appreciate that if you do. It's 510 here in the station in Pittston, 71 degrees and sunny. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, the big elephant in the room yesterday and today is, uh, and it's been, but it's, it's made a big change yesterday, the migrant, illegal migrant crisis. Um, you have... Issues going on all over the the country. You have uh, New York City, Chicago. We're going to play a clip from the Chicago mayor being questioned by his residents because the Chicago mayor just secretly signed a $26 million contract to build camps for illegal migrants in Chicago. The Biden administration on Wednesday offered nearly a half a million Venezuelan migrants in the U.S. the ability to live and work in the country legally, approving a longstanding request from cities struggling to house asylum seekers. Now, this is what they were asking for. This is what AOC um, and a bunch of Congress people, Bauman, Jerry Nadler, were in New York City where they got shouted down for just that, for saying they need work permits because they don't want them to be a burden on society. They want them to flourish in our communities. And a city councilwoman said, okay, well, if you've given them the permits now, can we stop paying for their housing, their food, their medical, and everything else? They can go out and get jobs now. Why would they be a double burden? Why would we continue to support them, feed them, close them, give them medical care if they can go out and get jobs now? You can't have it both ways. And she brings up a good point. Now, the Department of Homeland Security expanded or redesignated the Temporary Protected Status Program, and that's what they're under now, the Temporary Protected Status Program for Venezuelan migrants, illegal migrants. Now, not illegal, allowing recent arrivals to apply for the deportation protections and work permits offered by the policy. Previously, only Venezuelans who arrived in the U.S. before March 2021 qualified for TPS, and that's what it's called, TPS, the Temporary Protected Status Program, a program created by Congress in 1990 to offer temporary safe haven for migrants from countries facing humanitarian crisis, such as an armed conflict or natural disaster. Now, Venezuela is a socialist government. I've been to Venezuela on vacation back in the early 90s. It was one of the most, I spent two weeks in Caracas and Isla de Margarita. One of the most gorgeous places I've been to. After that, not so much. Caracas is their capital. It was a great place. We were actually there when there was a minor coup that took place. Uh, we had to go to the embassy and shelter in place for a couple of hours. It was put down by the government. And then later, years later, is when Chavez took over and uh, went completely socialist and has ran that country into the ground with its current leadership. He's obviously not in anymore. But it, it amazes me because I've been there. I spent two weeks in Caracas. It was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. The, the city was outstanding. We walked all over the place. Their markets, it was just that the people there were, were 
were overwhelmingly kind. It was a great place to visit. And just to see the pictures of, obviously, I haven't been back since it's turned socialist. And it's interesting because I have Bolivars, which is their money. And I forget what the ratio was, Bolivars to dollar. It was like 54 Bolivars to dollars. Now I think it's like 54,000 Bolivars to dollars. That's what socialism did to that area. But speaking to reporters, speaking to friends of mine who are covering the border, speaking to border protection agents that are down there, this is what's going on now. The word has gotten out. Everyone, and not only everyone who just speaks Spanish, are saying they're from Venezuela. Very hard to prove. Most of these people don't have any documentation. It's all word of mouth. If they have a different dialect or experts can say, yeah, then that's not a Venezuelan accent. Um, they can't prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. They're taking their word for it, and they're giving them the status. There's literally people from Europe, European countries, who said, yeah, I've been in Venezuela for years, and uh, I'm a Venezuela resident, so I fall under this TPS program. Once you you give a classification here, um, it's going to spread like wildfire. And again, this is half a million. Now, what is this going to do? And I'm going to play a little piece from uh, from Chicago. This is residents of Chicago questioning the Chicago mayor, again, who just signed secretly a $26 million contract to build camps for illegal migrants. You also have Eric Adams in New York, the, the New York mayor, signing no-bid contracts because he's saying it's an emergency. He doesn't have to send it out to bid, uh, which we all know how that works. We all know at the end how what kind of train wreck that is. And they're dealing with it, too. And it's costing taxpayers millions upon millions of dollars. But here's an exchange in, uh, in Chicago from the Chicago mayor and the residents. And you can see where he starts to blame it on Texas. You know, the problem is Texas sending migrants north. It's not the Joe Biden administration having a free-for-all at the border, not securing our border, not doing their administrative duty to secure our border. It's the Texas governor who's just facilitating them moving onward. So, you know, let's play that for you. I wanted to know if there is a capacity limit and what is what is that limit if there is one? And what is why can't we close the borders of Chicago or the state of Illinois in the first place? Why can't we close the borders? I don't know if there's a limit. I do know that when you are seeking asylum, you are granted protections from the U.S. to not return. So that is the process that folks are going through when they come here and they get their interview and then the Texas governor sends them to Illinois and specifically Chicago. So they get to come, once they do an interview in Texas, they get to come regardless. Texas says you're an asylum seeker, you're being persecuted. So, yeah, you can leave your country and come here and go wherever you want. Not Texas. This is the federal government is the one that does the process around asylum seeking. It is Texas who is making the decision to send them to Chicago. And that, that's what I wanted to know. Can and we say, no, we won't take anymore? It has to come from the federal government. And that's not true. It doesn't have to come from the federal government. You're... A sanctuary city, a self-described, a self-proclaimed sanctuary city, Chicago. They can simply say, we are not. And just like he can sign a secretly, sign a $26 million contract to build the camps, he could get his city council, legislature, whatever the body is there, and say, hey, we no longer should be a sanctuary city. 
we need to say, you know, we're full. Just like New York, Sanctuary City, they have the law in place, right to shelter, where people come there, illegal migrants, and I'm getting text messages and stuff already. Uh, it's illegals. It's my, it, I've been calling them illegal migrants. They're illegal migrants. You can call illegal aliens. That's fine. They're illegal migrants. Now, these half a million Venezuelans are no longer illegal aliens, illegal migrants. They are temporary protected status migrants who are now legally under our asylum rules that Joe Biden just the administration just expanded by half a million legally here and can legally get work permits now. So let's see what we have on the phone. We have uh, Wayne from Einan on the illegal migrants in New York. Wayne. How are you doing, Dave? Having this beautiful day in Northeast PA. It always is, Wayne. It always is. Yes, yes, it is. My comment is, I watched a little bit of CNN last night. I usually don't watch too much of it, but I watched a little bit last night. They had the governor of New York guy left. Okay, and she stated that it's going to cost us. They, they said the state doesn't have the money, but they're going to. It's going to cost 1.7 billion dollars with the immigration that they have coming in right now. And the people that they have there now that are coming in even more, they're not going to be able to stay there. Okay, in other words, they've got to move them out someplace else. But she said this is already the tip of the iceberg, the $1.7 billion. That's a lot of money, man. Oh, it is. It is. Then they don't have it. They're cutting, their, they're cutting every night? department in New York by 5% every three months. Did you see that um, last night? I did. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Holy God. That's, that's, I mean, where's this money going to keep coming from? I did. And here's the mayor of New York from yesterday evening. More than 116,000 asylum seekers have come to New York City since last spring in search of the American dream. Our administration and our partners across the city have led the call to let them work. So I want to thank the Biden administration for hearing our entire coalition, including our hardworking congressional delegation, and taking this important step that will bring hope to the thousands of Venezuelan asylum seekers currently in our care. Um, you know, that's from the mayor. And they're going to keep coming, and there's going to fix the issue, secure the border, and get a legal process for them to come. There's a free-for-all now that is crippling the taxpayer. Wayne, I appreciate your call. No problem. I've, Thank just, you. But that's what's got me is like, where's, where's all this money going to come from? They're cutting it from every agency in New York City, and they're going to demand more taxes from everyone. Yeah, but they, from what she was saying, these people can't stay in New York. They're going to be moving them everywhere. They will be, and it's just a matter of time before they're here in Northeast Pennsylvania. I can believe that. All okay, right, thanks. Wayne. You have a great night. Stick Thank you. If they're getting work permits, don't they pay taxes back to us? Shouldn't they be? Well, that's what this uh, councilwoman from New York brought up and says, if they can now work, why are we housing them? Why are we supporting? They can go out and do that themselves now. Uh, and I'm sure there's going to be a transition. But, okay, once they get a job, should we still be providing all these other things? Because they said, when, when you looked at the press conference from Jerry Nadler, AOC, and all that, they said if we give them work permits, they will no longer be a burden on the taxpayer. Well, they have work permits now. Well, but will they work? Just because you have a permit doesn't I, mean you won't work. Yeah, you'll well, work. I have, I have, I, I have. They will work. Okay. I mean, they, 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 I believe they will, and they're going to take low and middle income jobs. So the taxes that they're paying in aren't going to be as great as some other people's. 
Well, if you have a whole in New York City, 116,000, the mayor said, 116,000 new workforce, it's going to lower wages. You have uh, when, oh, that, when, when, when that you, affects everybody. We huh? saw this during the pandemic when there were no mm-hmm. workers that or no people who wanted to work. Those mm-hmm. those salary prices went up. The the per mm-hmm. hour prices went up. Yep. Well, now you just flooded 115,000 people in New York City alone, millions across the nation. Yeah. I mean, just the Venezuelans alone are half a million. Half a million workers just entered the workforce un- under the Biden administration. Those wages are going to come down. That's economics. All right. I have a headache. Yep. We I guess it's do. not my headache's not going to get any better, is it? <laughs> it's 522. It's time for traffic and weather. Uh, thank you, uh, Rob. I appreciate that. that this Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update brought to you by Bloom Pools and Spas. 81 southbound dips under 40 miles per hour in the Wilkesbury area. It is bumper to bumper on Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit. It seems like there's some delays in that area. We have road work holding things up on North River Street in Wilkesbury, 6 East. The KC Highway is moving under 30. 30 miles per hour from the Mount Cobb exit to Oliphant as well. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K traffic. Forgot where you were for a second mm-hmm. there, didn't you? Yeah, I had to look at you three times to Just realize. Down the hall. We need to put addresses in there. Know, right? See, there's nothing in here that says where we are. No, there used to be. Yeah. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, increasing clouds, low 50. Friday, increasing clouds, but dry, high 70. Saturday, mostly cloudy with scattered showers and breezy at times, high 65. Sunday, cloudy and breezy at times with scattered showers, high 68. It's currently 71 degrees and sunny. At 523 at your official weather station, WILK. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 527, 71 degrees and sunny. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phone. We have Angelo from Madisonville. They're not migrants. They're illegals. I've been easy to say illegal migrants. Yeah, let let me tell you something. Uh, You know what? I'm so aggravated right now, and I'll tell you why. uh, the, The Biden administration has got to close these borders, Rob, they, and don't let anybody in unless they're coming in legally. And uh, it's the United States of America, and I'm going to call them illegal aliens. That's I can't help it. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Illegal aliens, illegal migrants, they're both interchangeable. I, I, I looked it up just to make yep. sure. Yep, I did too before I called. And you know what? I don't know why they're using that term, but that's them. That's not me. But you want to know something? I got a buddy that I'm looking for. Now, he, he served in the Army, and he got shot. He lost a leg. He's, he's homeless. The Biden administration, he's a jimbroni. He should get—you got to vote him out of there. Close the borders, okay, and, and don't let anybody in unless they come in legally like my parents did and my grandparents. They come in legally. And, and here's, here's, the, here's the story. This that uh, Biden administration, you talked about it all day. You know, this they're going to cut this. They're going to cut that. They're going to send money here. They're going to send money there. They want this. Poland's not going to send them no weapons. They're going to just worry about their wheat. You know what? It's about time the NATO. Okay, the the NATO people, they better start, uh, you know, fitting the bill here. I don't understand why the United States of America has always got to be the ones that go in and save the day. Who's saving our veterans? Who's saving the homeless? I'll tell you what. uh, It's ridiculous. There's a camp right in Scranton 
with homeless people, and half of them are veterans. And and what what the, what's this Biden administration doing for them? What are they doing for them? Nothing. Nothing. They're just there, and now winter's coming. Okay, where are they going to sleep? Where are they going to go? I'm looking for a friend of mine, and I hope I can find him. No, I you know, hope you hopefully. do too. Is he supposed to be I'm in our hope- area? Yeah, I, I I got it covered. Don't worry. I got I got the I got my buddies out there looking too. And you know what? Somebody said, well, he went to Florida. I hope he did go to Florida because it's warmer there, especially in the winter time. And I got relatives out there, and he knows them. And I told him a long time ago. I says, you know, go out there, get a job. And and if it's you know you know the you know you guys lost the farm, you you know it's it, bad hard times. Okay. I have no money. I, I have enough money to live, but I, I'll, I'll give him vegetables. I'll help him out. There's no no doubt about it. You know what I mean? It's, uh, he could sleep in a spare room. But what, what irks me, what frosts my calionis is it, th- th- this administration. Frost, wait, 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 Angelo. Frost you what? Uh, my calionis. Okay. It, 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 yeah, I got you. I just, okay. Yeah, well, see. Nobody knows but me and you what that means. That's Italian, and I ain't going to tell you no, what it means. No, I, I think I everyone knows what it means. I just wanted to hear it again. That was a good one. It, yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, that's that's what it's doing. And and you know what? I'm not the only one. It, you know, like I I I'll tell you what. I I listen to the, the the WILK from the time I get up to the time I go to bed, bed, unless I'm in therapy or you know taking a shower or something. You know, like if I'm working around here. Matter of fact, I'm listening to you, and I'm nailing the board on the porch because one of them broke. I missed the nail, and I hit my hand. So now I smashed my my left finger, right? Well, that that and was during the I, traffic report when Nikki was talking, right? They... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, okay. Yeah, but N- you know Nikki's going to come in and yell I, at us in a minute. I... I'll tell you what, Rob. I'll bet you half the town of Madisonville heard me. And and I didn't I didn't curse in English. I always curse in Italian because hardly anybody knows it, you know. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, you should see my left hand now. I, I'll tell you what, I, I could box with this hand. Now. Like That's like you don't it, like you don't have enough going on with your body. You have to go and ding it up a little more, Angelo. Yeah, well, I'm trying to make the wife happy, fix her porch. You know what I mean? I, that's I built that's a brand worth the swollen hand. It's a it's happy wife, happy life. It's worth the swollen hand. I get you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And guess what? Guess what? I had the best macaroni and meatballs I ever had because my honey made them. There and, you, uh, you you know, uh, you, you could go to all these restaurants, but I'll tell you what. Nobody makes meatballs like me, and, and nobody makes sauce like her. So a combination, my half-Irish-Italian woman with, with a pedigree. See, I'm a pedigree. There uh, you yeah, go. I'm a pedigree. And and I'll tell you what, Rob. Oh, Pabareso Sumerto, magnifico. I'll tell you, you it's so good. Yeah. Well, we're but gonna. You know what? Go ahead. I'm the. I'm I'm doing a weight program, the the Angelo from Madisonville weight program. But you know what? I only lost fifty two, but it took it took like six months. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, hey, I'm your pace, stuck. your pace. Everyone's different. I I weighed in today. I'm down twenty nine pounds. My goal was thirty, and that's just since July fifth. So I'm down third, almost 29 pounds since July 5th. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep going a little bit. I got a little more to, to, to lose. I could still go and get, get in better shape. Man, that's off. But, see, you're younger than me. I'm 168 years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm only, I'm only 104, so. 
Yeah. <laughs> Angelo, we well, got to go. I'm up against the news with Paul Michaels. He's going to start throwing staplers at the window if I don't get yeah, to Yeah, uh, tell Paul to calm down. He, he, he can wait. All right, <laughs> take care, buddy. You have a God great day. You. Thank you. It's uh, 533 here at WIK. Time for the news with that Paul Michaels. WILK News Time. Five. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 538, 71 degrees and sunny on this Thursday, September 21st. Few last days of uh, summer. Fall is coming this weekend, Saturday. Feels like fall weather ready with that cool, nice weather. Well, Jeep maker Stellantis, who owns Jeep now, uh, made a new contract offer as auto workers prepare to extend expand their strike. General Motors and Stellantis announced fresh layoffs Wednesday that they blamed on damage from the auto workers' strike, and the labor standoff grew more tense just two days before the union was expected to call for new walkouts. Now you have some plants laying off workers because they're saying their assembly lines are being delayed because of the strikes, but you had Stellantis offer up their offer. Now it's not saying specifically what. Stellantis provided a glimmer of hope for a breakthrough by giving the union a new contract proposal. However, company spokesperson said the offer primarily primarily covered non-economic issues. Doesn't break it down what it is. So um, we really don't know. It's not clear whether Stellantis' officer will satisfy the union president, Sean Fain who vows to announce new strikes targets on Friday unless there's a serious progress towards the agreement with GM, Stellantis, and Ford. So far, uh, UAW workers are striking at the three factories, one for each company, at just three factories, one for each company. It's a novel approach for the union, which in the past has focused negotiations on one company and limited to uh, the strike in 2019 to just GM. Now, this goes on as uh, I'm looking through the here. Ford and Unifor, which represents Canadian auto workers, announced late Tuesday that they reached a tentative agreement on a new three-year contract just hours before a strike deadline there. And again, this is in Canada. This has nothing to do with the UAW. This is the Canadian unions for, uh, for the auto workers in Canada. The terms of the deal were not disclosed. If ratified, it would cover more than 5,000 workers and provide a model for similar deals at GM and Stellantis operations in Canada. So um, we'll see where this goes. It doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon. And it's going to start having that trickle-down effect. It already has. And you've had a few thousand, I I believe there's 15,000 UAW workers that are striking at these targeted plants at the most prosperous. I know they're doing F-150 plants. They're doing Bronco plants. That's just for Ford. And I'm sure with the Stellantis, they're hitting Jeep, which is their biggest brand there. And, uh, you know, who knows where they're hitting with GM. It's probably their uh, their sports car brand because or, or truck. So we'll see what happens there. But in return, these auto plants are saying, because you're slowing down production, we're not getting these parts. We're laying off a few thousand of your members um, because we have nothing to put together now. So we'll see where it goes. Sooner or later, they'll be, uh, hopefully they sit down and get it together because sooner or later it's going to end up in our our dear lots with car prices being ha- higher, the 
a premium for new cars because there's limited on the lots. And again, we pay the price in the end. So hopefully they can come to an agreement. It's uh, 542 here at WILK. It's Speaking of cars, it's time for traffic yes, and weather. Yes, and it's not as bad as it was earlier, I don't think. We don't have any reports of any accidents. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update brought to you by Krispy Kreme in Clark Summit and Scranton. North River Street in Wilkesbury, that's pretty jammed up. It is bumper-to-bumper Northern Boulevard, South Abington Township, as you head to the Scranton Expressway. We're also uh, looking at slow traffic on 6 East, the Casey Highway, from the Mount Cobb exit to Oliphant. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, increasing clouds, low 50. Friday, increasing clouds, but dry, high 70. Saturday, mostly cloudy with scattered showers and breezy at times, high 65. Sunday, cloudy and breezy at times with scattered showers, high 68. It's currently 70 degrees and sunny here at 543 at your official weather station, WILK. Here with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 547. Hopefully you're out of work done doing some uh, things on your terms now. 70 degrees and sunny here at the station. Uh, this is a good investment. I'd like to see more of this. The first private U.S. passenger rail line in 100 years is about to link Miami and Orlando at high speed. Not like anything else, it's not going to be cheap. The first big test on whether privately owned high-speed passenger train service can prosper in the United States will launch Friday when Florida's Brightline begins running trains between Miami and Orlando, reaching speeds of 125 miles per hour. It's a $5 billion bet Brightline owner Fortress Investment Group is making, believing that eventually 8 million people annually will take the three-and-a-half-hour, 235-mile trip between the state's biggest tourist hubs. About 30 minutes less than the average drive between the two cities. Now, the thing's going at 125 miles an hour. Doesn't have to stop for traffic lights. Doesn't have traffic. And it's only cutting a half an hour off your driving commute? See? These are questions that I have. And uh, between the two cities, the company is charging single riders $158 round trip for business class and $298 for first class, with families and groups able to buy four round trip tickets for $398. So four round trip tickets, $398, it's about $100 a round trip. That's worth it. 32 trains will run daily. Brightline, which begins running It's neon yellow trains, the 70 miles between Miami and West Palm Beach in 2018, is the first private intercity passenger service to begin U.S. operations in a century. It's also building a line connecting Southern California and Las Vegas. Something else I'd love to see. That it hopes to open in 2027 with trains that will reach 190 miles per hour, The only other U.S. high-speed line is the Amtrak Acela service between Boston and Washington, D.C., which began in 2000. Amtrak is owned by the federal government. This is a pretty important moment, whether you're thinking about it in the context of the state of Florida or 
what it might mean for the, these kinds of products as they develop elsewhere in the United States, Brightline CEO Mike Ringinger said in a recent interview. The idea that my car is the only way for me to get where I need to go is being challenged by new product. A new product that's safer, that's greener, and that's a great value proposition, and it's fun. The Florida Trains, which runs on biodiesel, will travel up to 79 miles per hour in urban areas, 110 miles in less populated regions, and 125 miles per hour through central Florida's farmland. Brightline plans possible extensions to Tampa and Jacksonville. John Rennie, director of Florida Atlantic University Center for Urban and Environmental Solutions, said the Miami-Orlando corridor is perfect spot for the high-speed rail. About 40 million Floridians and visitors make the trip annually with more than 90% of them driving. If Brightline succeeds, it could lead to more high-speed lines between major cities, 200 to 300 miles apart both by Brightline and competitors, he said. I like this idea. Plus, it's a private enterprise. They're investing money on something they think that'll take off. Now, if you're in Orlando and you want to shoot to Miami for the weekend, that's a great trip. If you're in Miami, you want to shoot up to Disney or Orlando. It's a good trip. I wish we had more of that. I would rather see trips like that than a a New York to Scranton train. How about we get a high-speed train from uh, Scranton to Nashville? That would be great. Scranton to Myrtle Beach? That would be great. Scranton to the Outer Banks? Scranton to Savannah? See, those, these, are, these are things that, that would interest me. Again, the cost is there, but with the, with the group purchase... I mean, if you can get three other people, it's only $100 a round trip. And again, this is the Miami to uh, Orlando. But I, I like that idea. I like the fact that it's um, it's a private enterprise. It's an investment. These are the things that should be. Somebody said, Rob, that's only until the first hurricane storm hits, right? I'm sure it'll... Suspend service, possibly. I mean, I don't know. Depends how uh, what the weather is going to be. What the uh, you know they say it's safer, but once you start running more of them and there's an issue, like I said, you have uh, you know vehicle accidents. It's limited to a few vehicles. You have a train accident. You have you know you possibly have a couple hundred on a train. But I, I like this investment rather than the federal government investing in money. Just like when you talk about these. Electric vehicle charges. I appreciate the electric vehicles. Scranton to Pigeon Ford, somebody said they'd like to have. How about Scranton to New England? Yeah. That's what I think. You know, Scranton to uh, Cape Cod. These are these are trips that I'd like to take. I'm sure a lot of other people would like to take them. I think those would be utilized possibly more than a Scranton to New York City. Except for the holiday time. That would be a good trip to run during the holiday season. A lot of people go into the city for shows or see the tree or Radio City. But I think it opens up a wide variety of avenues. But just like the EV chargers, you know, back when cars, when we moved from horse and carriage to cars, you know, gas companies saw the profit. They saw that they were, uh, they wanted to, 
they wanted to get that profit for people buying gasoline. They knew people would need gasoline. They knew it was an expanding venture. They knew cars would take off. And if you want electric vehicles to take off, don't force it down someone's throat. Make it a better option and have the private industry put electric vehicle chargers around. Instead of us, the government, our tax dollars, when the government does something, it is us paying for all of it, having to put charges, having PennDOT having to put electric vehicle charges in our rest areas and such like that. Why isn't it a private entity? I, I like the fact that this, this is palatable to me because it's a private entity that says, I think this is going to be a good investment. I think we're going to make a lot of money running this train, this fast train, between Miami and Orlando. And if it does, we'll pick other destinations. And I like that. And yes, it's fun. You know, these trains, if you've ever been on a train like this, and I'm not talking about a New York City subway system, I'm talking about a passenger train with bar cars and lounge cars and couch setups, and you can get something to eat and everything. They're a fun time. You know, I look at those trips where you can go across the country or go down the a friend of mine just took the train down the West Coast on the Intercoastal uh, Highway. There's a train that goes down there. And she rented a suite with the glass, you know, the glass panoramic side and had a great time. And again, yeah, there's a bar car. There's, a, you know, catering on it where you can get decent meals and everything else. And it's a, it's a good, fun issue. And, and you see on social media all the time where you can go across the country on uh, these trains that go through the, the mountainous regions and the, the, the near the Grand Canyon and all these other places. That's appealing to me. And I, I think trips like this, where they're thinking out of the box, make it at a destination, they can do that here in Scranton. Scranton to Myrtle Beach would be a great opportunity for that. Scranton to New England. Scranton to, you know, Nashville or, or somewhere in Tennessee. Scranton to the Blue Ridge Mountains. And you know, there's plenty of destinations near near here that would be a, a positive addition to our area that gives you alternatives, and it would be fun. I mean, you get a group of four or five, six people on one of these, take a trip. The trip itself would be fun. It would be part of the trip. It takes like six hours to drive from Luzerne County to Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah, I, I drive to Boston, the Boston area all the time. I get it. You know, uh, Scranton to Niagara Falls. I mean, there's plenty of trips. And a six-hour trip, like I said, if you're making an event out of it, it makes it that much easier. It's uh, 556 here at WILK News Radio. We'll be back to close out the show in just a minute.